recorded live. Hey everyone, today is December 18th, 2012, and this is the 82nd episode of the Nintendo Fuse podcast entitled The World is Ending, dun, dun, dun. and we record a podcast. So <laughs> the world's about to end. Well, probably not, but regardless, we're sitting here recording a podcast, and that's the way we're going to go out if the world is going to end. So let's just get right to it then and enjoy this last episode, at least of the year, um, and have some fun with this. So I'm Hassan, and we have the usual crew with us today. We have Greg and Steve. Hey, guys. So the three of us here. Um, We're going to be discussing the latest and greatest from Nintendo in this podcast. But you guys can also join in as well. We have a chat room going uh, where you guys can join in and kind of post your comments, and we'll read them during the podcast recording. Um, And you can also call in to the podcast live as well. Full details on how to do that are on NintendoFuse.com right now, so check that out and join in on the discussion. Um, So we do this podcast roughly every other Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, unless something else comes up. Like our next episode after this will be um, not for a couple weeks, but we'll get to it at the end. So let's start off with some of the games that we've been playing. Um, So let's start off with some Wii U stuff first. Um, I know I've been playing more of Nintendo Land, and I know Steve has been as well. Um, For me personally, I've played um, a lot more of the multiplayer stuff. I tried out, I think... I mentioned this in the last episode or something where there's a way for the solo games for other people to kind of join in and help out. So I did that with my sister. I was playing solo, and then my sister kind of helped out with the Wii Remote. So I tried that out, and that was actually kind of interesting. Um, we were playing the Yoshi game, and, like, the, my sister could kind of get one of the fruits, so if I ever missed one, she'd grab it so that way I could still beat the level. And the balloon fight thing, uh, she could also kind of stop some of the enemies and everything and, and kind of help out a little bit. So that was that was actually really fun. Um, so that, that's kind of what I've been playing with, with Nintendo Land. What about you, Steve? That's cool. I uh, I haven't tried to, I haven't tried that out. I actually uh, forgot about it, I think. Um, and I've been playing a lot of other games, and so I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Nintendo Land. Um, but I have been playing more multiplayer as well and got a chance to, to play... Uh, all the different multiplayer options, pretty much uh, with with five players, and it's just been it's been a blast. Um, and I think that's where I think, as we've said before, that's where that game really shines. I mean, the single player options are really good, but it's uh, definitely where the in the multiplayer is where that game just really takes it to the next level. Um, and that is cool to see that there are some multiplayer options within the single player games as well, because I know. Um, you know, it's it's fun to watch other people play to some extent, but you know, a lot of times you want to jump in there with them, and that's that's cool that they did it, enable the those little small little touches like that. So yeah, right. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I did play a little bit of Nintendo Land, but it was just more with the family, and I only got to play like Mario Chase and like Zelda Quest. So I I didn't really have a big most worth to mention, but I did get a chance to try out a few of the multiplayer games. It was only like a limited like hour amount of time that I had, but it was still pretty fun to try that out. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think Nintendo Land, it, it's fun on its own, but with the multiplayer, it, it really shines, and it's it's uh, 
Really cool game. What would you guys say is like uh, your favorite one so far? Is, can you narrow it down to to one? Hmm. Um, I don't know about like my favorite necessarily, but my favorite experience with the game so far has kind of been playing Animal Crossing with my sisters and my mom, just because that was just fun with everyone yelling at each other and. It was just it was, it was really entertaining, um, but there's a bunch of them that I really like. That's cool. Yeah, I think I mean, what I usually we usually go back and forth between the three: the Animal Crossing, Mario Chase, and uh, the Luigi's Mansion one. Because I think they're all kind of very similar, but kind of different, you know, approaches. And I don't know, it'd be, it's a very strong tie I think between those three games, um, those mini games. Which ones I like the most? Yeah. It is. And I think my favorite is still kind of Crash Course, but uh, Legend of Zelda, the questing has been really growing on me a lot. I really did enjoy getting the chance to play that with my brother, my cousin, and my brother-in-law. So that did was kind of a lot of fun, too. But I didn't really get the chance to play like, the Luigi's Mansion with them. I mean, I don't have the, from experience, the Wii U event that I was at for that one, so I haven't played that one in quite a long time. But, like, the Mario Chase one seemed interesting. I didn't really like that hill level a lot. They caught me, like, really quickly on that one because I didn't really realize they couldn't go up the hills. So mm-hmm. I did a, did a lot better on the mud one. They couldn't – I was, like, making the bridges disappear and everything. That was really cool. The yeah. mud one is hard for the toads because, like, you're chasing after the person and the bridge disappears. Yeah. That one gets tough. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, the first one is more friendly to the – um, solo player along with the second one, but the third one is seems like it's very against the solo player on with the hills and stuff because you're limited to the routes and it's not easy to get cornered. Right. I really like. Um, we got a chance. I got a chance to play uh, the Metroid one uh, with a couple people, and that was a lot of fun too. Like after everybody kind of yeah. got the hang of it and stuff, um, like my wife was kind of like a little confused in the beginning when she. Like it took her a little bit to figure out what to do, but once she finally got it, we were just all having a lot of fun uh, playing through those as well. Because I think, um, and that's cool that they they incorporated I think a little bit of everything. So you get the competition ones and and the Mario Chase and stuff like that, but you also have the the cooperative ones and the Zelda and the and the Metroid um, experiences. So I, I I don't know. I just continue to praise Nintendo Land um, for the the variety of games that are built into it and. Um, and it might not be the best looking game out there, but it's, it is a very a lot of fun, and I think it's they designed it very well in terms of getting that experience, kind of like Wii Sports um, for the Wii. It really has a really well rounded experience for every kind of aspect of the game. So. Right, Definitely. I agree with that. All right, so that is Nintendo Land. So if anyone else has been playing Nintendo Land, let us know what you think. Uh, join the forums and post your thoughts as well on that game. Um, and if you don't have Nintendo Land, if you're one of those those losers that got a basic version of the Wii U, I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with you? We just <laughs> then, lost uh, half our your base. Although that, they have no excuse because they can go buy the game anyway. So it's true. But um. You just but yeah, download so anything. Uh, every time <laughs> I go to the Wii shop, it's, or the Wii U Wii shop, it's like, if you have a basic, you can't download this game. If you have a basic, you can't download this game. <laughs> right. So there's Nintendo Land. 
Um, and I know Greg said you've been playing some of the new Super Mario Bros. U, so how's that going? Going really good. I mean, I only got a chance to get through the first world right now. I'm still working on it solely since I've been playing so many different games. It's kind of hard to sort of want to focus on one game, but I did do a lot of those challenges because that's what really intrigued me. I just wanted to see what they considered a challenge. And some of them are kind of hard to get the gold medal on. Like there's like a flying like raccoon Mario one where you have to like navigate around all these like enemies that are dropping stuff all around the course and you really gotta like land like you can't even like touch the ground so you kind of have to like when you do like a shake of the remote or whatever hit the one button on the gamepad it like makes you like fly up even higher and then you get to glide again some more so it's like continuously like planning the time when to raise back up and not get hit from the stuff that's falling above so that one was a lot of fun to kind of complete. Overall, the story mode's, like, pretty basic. I mean, the levels are, they actually seem to, like, start off a little bit higher, like, harder than, like, the ones that did for like, the Wii version and even the new Super Mario Brothers 2. Like, I felt like the very first couple intro levels were actually just a slightly bit, like, more difficult than, like, some of the those super easy levels in those other previous titles. So, that kind of was a nice surprise, too. I mean, like, the Three coins are still pretty, like, some of them are pretty well hidden. Like, it's not as plain as day as they don't get difficult in, like, the last world as in the previous games. That's true, yeah. There's there's a couple that I remember that were like, where is that coin? Like, I can't have searched everywhere and I'm running out of time, huh? <laughs> and the completionist yeah. in me just wants to get every single one, so I can't, like, yeah. pass the goal until I have all three of them in the stock. Right. Yeah, I know I started playing that a while ago. I haven't I haven't touched it recently because of so many other games, but um, yeah. it's um, definitely it is hard to find some of the gold coins pretty early on too. So they definitely uh, did increase the, the challenge there. So that'll be interesting to to go back and try and find some of those. Now, did you guys try the challenge mode that I was just talking about, or not? You haven't even looked at it. I tried I did try it a little the, bit. Yeah. Yeah, I tried the. Some of the speed run ones, I think, was the very beginning. Something like that. Yeah, it's like the first tab of like the speed runs, I think. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was uh, I got I got like one of the first ones done. I I'm pretty sure it's as fast as possible. Like I don't think there's any way I could do it any faster. Um, and I was pretty proud of that. I know it was like a, an extremely short level and like very simple. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's done this. Um. I'm, at least I'm, I'm 100% sure. Um, but it was just really cool, like, because I'm not much of a speedrunner, and so it was cool to to have that, where I was like, I'm pretty sure I landed every jump exactly how it needed to be to get the best time. So that was kind of cool. Um, but I haven't really played more more than just those first couple ones. Yeah, I can't remember. I know I tried the one where you have to stomp on the Goombas repeatedly, um, and that one's like... It's very addicting because you kind of mess up. And you're like, you know what? I got this. I can do it again. No, no, wait. I got this. I got, and you keep doing it over and over. And then at some point, it's like, all right, you know what? Time to take a break. But uh, so that's the challenges are definitely, um, definitely addicting. They're pretty fun. Um, and I have to try to get back and, and play some more of those. I guess. Was it the uh, flying squirrel Mario Goomba one or just the first Goomba one? <laughs> the flying um, squirrel one is, is pretty nuts. <laughs> I think the first, I don't know if I, I don't, can't remember if I tried the flying scroll one. I don't think I did. I, I know the first one that I, I kind of messed around with. But yeah, I'll have to try that out. 
So that's uh, New Super Mario Bros. U. So if anyone has that game as well, post on the forums. Let us know. Um, let us know your scores on the challenge modes as well so we can all kind of compete. I know we, we've had some, some fun competing in a certain other game that we'll, we'll mention in a little bit. Um, so it's definitely a lot of fun uh, playing with the others on the Nintendo Fuse community and trying to, you know, compete for high scores. So definitely um, do that if you have the game. Uh, so now let's get to some third-party titles. Um, I know there's one that I've been playing a lot of recently, and I know Greg said he's been playing it, and that's Assassin's Creed 3. So finally, my final exams are done. So like yesterday and today, for a couple of hours each day, I just kind of played more of the story mode for Assassin's Creed 3. And it's it's getting really good. I'm, I'm really liking it. Um, I think I'm around sequence 8 or something, maybe sequence 9 recently. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, Lots, lots of interesting stuff to do and everything. Uh, even some of the side missions are kind of entertaining, so I've done some of those as well, which is why it's, it's taken me a while to get through the game. I'm just taking my time with it. Um, my one sort of gripe with the game so far, and it's more with, I guess, the community, I guess, is I haven't been able to play multiplayer, and that's because it doesn't seem like anybody's playing multiplayer. Like, I'll search for a game and maybe find one person but then they'll drop out after a while, and then you need, I think, at least four people to play a game. Um, hmm. Having said that, in the Miiverse community, there's a bunch of people posting saying that they want to play online. I just haven't had time to organize something with them. So that's definitely a plus to have that community there, easy access to, to kind, kind of organize games. So hopefully I'll get to try that soon. Is but, it a competitive or a co-op? I know it's competitive. I don't... I, I think there's also a co-op thing, I believe. I, I haven't really looked at that, though. But I know like the main mode is, is competitive. I haven't even yeah. touched multiplayer yet. I was just trying to figure out like the controls, and I'm still on the first sequence. I haven't made it quite over to the first theory of the game yet. I was out on the boat to America or whatever, I think, and I had to end up having to stop because the game was dying. <laughs> But, I mean, no, the game on, does start uh, off kind of slow, I think. Um, but after you get through the I'd probably first couple of sequences, like it really picks up and I guess pretty interesting. Um, Hasan, I know you you'd played other other uh, Assassin's Creed games. Um, Greg, is this the first time you played it, or have you played the other ones? No, this is only the my first Assassin's Creed game. It's one of one series that almost pushed me to get another uh, non Nintendo console, but I ended up withdrawing and. It was nice that they finally moved one of these games onto the home console. So cool. So from from the point of view from a newcomer, um, is it easy to jump into? No, no big need for the to have a pass for the with the other games, or is it kind of do you feel kind of a little left out and kind of confused? I guess it is a little bit of that because they have like some vague references in the opening in the opening sequence of cutscenes that kind of reference the previous games, but I mean, it didn't seem like it dwelled too much on it, so I kind of was able to pick up. They kind of were able to reintroduce, like, what you do in the game kind of thing, going through the sequences and kind of stuff like that. So, and they still like, an intro, like, training mode to, like, go through, like, a a number of, like, practice mission kind of things. Like, you do some practice assassinations and wall climbs and running and stuff like that. So that was pretty nice to to be able to go through, like, one of those introductory levels, like, would like in like Metro or whatever, so. Hmm. 
Yeah, so that is Assassin's Creed 3 on uh, on Wii U. Uh, if anyone else is playing, again, let us know in the forums, and uh, we can all discuss the game. Um, so next game that we are going to discuss, uh, we've been playing, is Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two. And I believe uh, Greg has been playing the Wii version, and Steve has been playing the Wii U version. So um, let's start with Greg. What are your thoughts on this game so far? <laughs> well, if anyone's been following my forum post, <laughs> I got really frustrated with one of the first areas of the game, and I had a, ended up having to watch one of those guide things to figure out what this puzzle is, this room. And basically what I gathered is whatever version I had, whether it was the 360 or the PlayStation 3 or even the Wii U version, I have yet to figure out what version the guide had, but pretty much it had like a prompt that you're supposed to spin this dial in this one circular room. But my, some reason the Wii version, or at least the copy that I have, didn't indicate in any way, shape, or form I was supposed to be spinning this one device in this room. So I was like spray paint, like trying to paint the entire room, trying to spin the entire room. I even got to a point where I connected a second controller to control Oswald to use the electricity in the room, like the guide was saying. But I couldn't even advance anywhere because I couldn't figure out that one puzzle that the game didn't tell me what I was exactly what I was supposed to do in this room. So I'm gonna probably be playing a little bit more like tomorrow and over the holidays to figure out that I'll be solving that puzzle and moving on with the game finally. So not the most positive review of the Wii version right now, but I'm sure it'll get a lot better and hopefully I don't run to this kind of problem again. So, because I just started, um, how far into the game was that? About 15, 20 minutes. It's okay. Pretty much I kind of like- got to a spot about, yeah, 15, 20 minutes into it as well. I don't think it's the same room. I haven't looked at your all your comments yet because I, I you marked them as spoilers and I don't I didn't want to like look at them just in case I uh, you know wasn't to that point yet but I might have to look at it and see if it's the same point because it might be which is interesting because I got stuck luckily I hadn't I hadn't saved yet before I went back um, when I when I quit the game I, I went back um, to my last save point but and so I'm not stuck there anymore but. I guess there's a chance that I could get again, so, yeah. It's pretty, if you've got Oswald's remote, it's, like, really shortly after that part because you get that kind of early in the game. It's pretty much like the first main room that you get to use the remote. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you've made it to that point or got his remote yet or whatever, but... Yeah, I do. I just, uh, yeah. There's, like, a large room with three machines. The cutscene activates one machine, and then you're left to solve the puzzles of the other two machines and basically my game uh, wasn't being very helpful with that part of the room. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm not there yet. See, I, what I did was I jumped down like in a back area and I wasn't able to get back up and the only where the only place to go would be back into the underground and I got stuck down there because there's like a generator and I had to move it but the platforms are spaced apart from each other, and every time I went to go move it, it'd fall down the cracks. And sometimes Oswald, like, would be moving the platforms, and I wasn't fully on it yet, and he'd knock me off. And so I had no, I have no idea how to get the generators where they need to be in that spit, in that, that uh, particular room. But. Yeah, I'm guessing that's ahead of my room, because... <laughs> 
I haven't had to do anything with pushing or anything. It's been just basically platform okay. something. So like, and I probably wasn't actually supposed to get to that point, is my guess, because I just happened to like fall behind a, a building, and that was like the only hole there, and I went back into the underground. Um, so I'm probably my guess is I'm probably supposed to get something else before I go to that level. I just kind of like jumped ahead. Um, that's my guess. I don't know. <laughs> so basically, both of you encountered <laughs> these weird, random glitches and stuff that were kind of. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I got frustrated with it. I'll, um, I guess just kind of moving into the Wii U version, um, I will say that, number one, um, it doesn't look that great. I'm not going to say it looks horrible, because that'd be ridiculous, because it does look good, but it doesn't look anywhere near the high definition that I thought it would um, and in fact, I mean, it, it kind of, it's, it, there's, you know, jaggies evident and things like that, that I was just like, you know what, this doesn't have the polish that I thought it would, you know, when I thought of Epic Mickey and HD, um, it just doesn't look like the wow that I thought it would. Um, and secondly, and this is, this is a big thing. Um, so I went into the game, uh, expecting that I was, you know, I was going to play with the game pad first. It was like, I'm going to check it out, see how the game plays with the gamepad and everything. Um, Played it for a while, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to switch over to the Wii Remote Nunchuck because that's what I'm more familiar with, and I was getting really frustrated with the gamepad because I had to control where I was aiming with the dual analog, and it was just, I was getting frustrated with it. And then I realized you cannot control Mickey with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. It is not even a control option. You have to use the gamepad. The only way to use the, the Wii Remote and Nunchuck is for Oswald, and that's only as a second player. Like, you can't even, like, lead the game at all with a Wii Remote and Nunchuck. And I have no clue why they made that choice, and I am, like it knocked it down so much in terms of my, my review or my upcoming review um, because the control, the control options just aren't there. And I mean, that game, I played a lot of it, you know, the, the original one for Wii and I felt the control options were fantastic. I mean, Wii Remote and Nunchuck are just, that's just what that game is made for. And they've taken it away in the sequel and it was a stupid decision in my opinion. So, for my for my you know opinion, I say if you have a Wii U, if you are really you think that that gamepad was going to be an, a bad um, choice for you in term, terms of control, get the Wii version. That way you can play Mickey with a Wii remote and nunchuck like it's supposed to be made or supposed to be played. <laughs> yes, that is the one benefit. I mean, I felt all natural again being able to use the same controls from the first one, because I obviously have the Wii version, so they left the controls completely identical to the way they were in the first game, which was absolutely perfect. So, and the big thing right. is that the, the camera doesn't get in your way in the second one, so that was like the largest flaw of the first one. Yeah, this is, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm hitting some camera issues already. In fact, I'm getting more frustrated with the camera in this game than I was in the original. And, uh, and the fact that, like, it doesn't always seem that responsive. Like, I'll hit a button, and then it's, it's, like, not doing anything. I have to really hit it sometimes. 
um, and then sometimes multiple times, and it's just weird. Um, I don't know why they made, I don't know if it's in the same as the Wii version, but the open doors is the same button to jump, and it's the same button to um, to talk to people. So if you're still moving at all, you can't open a door or talk to anybody. Like you might, you have to be to a dead stop, a dead, you know, still stop before you can do any actions because they made it the same button. I mean, if you have so many other buttons on the gamepad and probably, you know, the Wii remote, I don't know if it was the same or not. I'm like, why not, you know, map it to a different button? Doesn't make sense. So, so control options. What's that? I'm sorry. I think it was, I thought it was like that in the first one. It was like A was like the button to do everything. It was to talk. It if was it, if it was, I, it didn't get to me as much in this game as it did in this game. I don't know if it just felt different this time around. Like it didn't feel very natural at all. I'll have to go back and play the other one and make sure. But it just it felt awkward this time around. Okay. So. Hmm. Well. I guess that's uh, make me see the power of two. Uh, avoid the, all the crazy glitches and all that. that uh, yeah. Doesn't sound very yeah, entertaining. See, I was going into this thinking, huh, I'm curious how this is. I have Epic Mickey for Wii, and I still haven't played that. So I was thinking, I'll start playing that, and if I enjoy it, maybe I'll get this one. And now it's like, well. Well, well I, mean, I guess I know, one of more. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to. I remember seeing like a news story back in I think May or whatever, like Warren Spector was saying like, oh, I don't think the there will be a Wii U version because we never even heard of the console or whatever. We didn't have enough time to develop it, and then obviously now it's a launch title. So obviously, either one he knew about it, but he just didn't have a lot of time to get it up to par or something. So that's what I'm thinking. The visuals are not as clean as something like Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or whatever the ones that run in the 1080p or whatever, but that might also be a flaw with some of the controls on the gamepad as opposed to the Wii controller because the Wii version, obviously, they just pretty much copy and paste the same controls over and then just map them to the gamepad probably was kind of difficult, I guess. Yeah, right. except for, I don't know. I mean, I played I played the, uh, the PS3 version when I was at E3, and it used the, um, whatever it's called, the PlayStation Move, for it and it worked perfectly fine. So I don't. I mean, of course, I'm not a programmer or anything. So I don't know if it was diffi- it'd be difficult to map that over to a Wii remote. But they're already doing it for the Wii version. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I even if they could be able to give me an explanation, I'm still gonna call crap because it just doesn't make sense. You make put it on a Wii remote and uncheck just like the original because that's what people are used to, and it's the way the game really needs to be played. <laughs> right. So the verdict wow. is that uh, Epic Mickey was epic, and Epic Mickey Two is an epic fail. <laughs> the uh, the uh-huh. story seems fun, <laughs> but we haven't really made much into it yet because the scrolls and the glitches. <laughs> right. Um, right. Well, I guess on a more positive note, let's move on to some some other interesting uh, other Wii U titles. Uh, there are a couple demos out on the on the eShop now. There's three different demos. There's FIFA, uh, Rayman Legends, and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. Um, I just briefly want to say the Rayman Legends demo for anyone that has played what was at the, the kiosk, like at GameStop and everything. It's um, pretty similar. Like it's, it's got those same two levels, although one of them is slightly different. Um, and then it also added a third level to the demo. 
Um, so definitely check that out. On, on the downside, the, out of the three levels, only one of them is unlocked from the start. You have to play it to unlock the other two. And every time you start the demo back up, you have to do the same thing again, sort of reset the demo. So that's kind of a bummer, but um, it's still, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm really excited for that game. Um, so that's uh, Rayman Legends. The demo's out on the eShop. Check that out. It's not coming out until, like, I want to say, like, end of February or March. I keep hearing different release dates, like, every day, so I'm confused as to the exact date that it's releasing. Um, I'm not quite sure. I thought they confirmed it was at the end of February or whatever, like February 26th or something weird like that. Or March yeah, may, maybe that's what it is. Um, something like that. Um, but it's coming up in a in, uh, couple months, I guess. So it's not an immediate release, but it, it's coming soon. So hopefully the demo will kind of satisfy um, people's thirst for, for playing that game until then. Um, but the Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform demo is another one that's out on there. And uh, Steve and I have, have both tried this. Um, I tried this, uh, I booted it up, and then my sister was the first one to kind of play it. She wanted to see how it was, and, and then I tried it out. And uh, I have played the first game. I played it briefly. Um, I think, I want to say Trist from the forums bought it on his PS3, and I played some of it. I think that's what it was. Um, and I remember thinking that it was just, it felt a lot like a Mario Kart ripoff and not in a good way. I remember being really disappointed by it and thinking this game isn't very fun. But then I played this demo, and I still felt it was a bit of a ripoff. Like, there's a lot of things that they really – a lot of it felt very similar to Mario Kart. But I, I actually enjoyed this somewhat. Um, I don't know what it does. Maybe they kind of – with some of the vehicles, how it's sort of like Mario Kart 7 where you kind of – you have vehicles on water and in the air and stuff. But at the same time, it felt a little more different. Um, so I actually kind of enjoy this one. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I agree. I did not like the first one that much. Um, in fact, I think I have it on, uh, on iOS as well. Um, and I just felt like every time I played it, it was just, it was a Mario, it felt like a Mario Kart kind of ripoff, but wasn't as good, like you were saying. Um, but this time around, it seems like they've, they've added a lot more characters and they've also added a lot more weapons, which was big for me because I felt like when I was playing the first one, every time I turned around, I got the same exact weapon. It was just like the same things over and over and over again. And it just got kind of boring. It was like maybe three or four choices, and that was really it. Um, but this one seems to have a lot more. And there's they kind of, I don't know if, I haven't played the first one enough to know, um, but I like the, the way the XP and there's, you know, some sort of leveling up along the way and, yeah, it does feel a lot like Mario Kart 7, but I think that's a good thing. I think Mario Kart 7 is a great game, and I think, um, you know, the way they've um, kind of copied some stuff is really a good thing, actually. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it. Um, and in fact, I'm considering purchasing it. Um, so I think that's, that's a good thing for me. <laughs> yeah, same. I think um, I'm definitely considering it now, too, especially if other people get it on Nintendo Fuse. You can play online and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're if yeah. we're gonna wait, you know, quite a while for for um, a Mario Kart game, this could definitely kind of pass the time as we wait for it. I think. Right, and having a uh, Wreck-It Ralph as a playable character is also a big bonus. <laughs> uh, we'll talk it a is. bit more about Wreck-It Ralph later, but that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. 
Um, so now let's get to some downloadable titles. Um, <laughs> the first of which uh, all three of us have been playing, and that is Nano Assault Neo. And uh, I will say that out of the people on Nintendo Fuse that have it, I believe there's five people on Nintendo Fuse. There's the three of us and then Jeremy and Mickey. Um, I think that's everyone on Nintendo Fuse that has it. Um, the top three scores in at least Epsilon, I don't remember the others, are the three of us. Um, so three of us have all been competing. And as of right now, I have to say I am number one on Epsilon. Just got to put that out there, just letting you guys know in case anyone is curious. Um, so the challenge is out there. So for anyone else that wants to come and try and take down our scores, um, join the Nintendo Fuse forums, and uh, we'll add each other and try and compete. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, you guys can just uh, keep on talking there. while I go ahead and beat your score right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just we gotta, like, to distract the, the podcast while we'll play. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now I still got to beat your scores in the other ones, too. Um, some of the other ones get, get really challenging. Um, but it's it's very addicting. It's it's you know nice and easy gameplay to kind of pick up and play. But it's it's very very challenging to get some some good scores. Um, so it's it's been a pretty fun. I'm really liking it. And it's it was only sure. ten bucks, I believe. So that's pretty good. Uh, sure. Have you uh, have you beat have you beat the last one, the last cluster yet? No, I haven't. I haven't played it yet, so I need to get in there because you unlock survival after that. Oh. I think there's another mode you unlock after you beat that too, so I gotta get in there and do that. Oh. <laughs> I I've haven't even got a chance to play the the third one that much yet, so the third one's fun. It's uh it took me a while to realize like how to play the third one because it's a little different. Um, at least in my opinion, um, where it was more you had to focus on dodging and timing your shots and stuff like that and just being really patient instead of kind of just running and gunning like you can in the first one. Um, so it's a, it's a different type of play once you get to that third level, in my opinion. Um, that's how I was able to finally get past it. Yeah, I was having a lot of trouble with trying to survive in, that, in the first one because it seems like you're so weak and the enemies are a lot stronger. Yeah. It's just... Like There's a lot of times you can sort of like run into one spot and then you just get like ambushed. Right. And it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, no. That's that's nano. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know how some of those top scores are on there though. Like I was pretty proud yeah. of myself, but I think the top, the highest score I got in terms of world rankings, I think I was 107 or something like that um, on one of the levels of uh, Epsilon. I think it was Epsilon 3 or something like that, or Epsilon 4 maybe. Um, but some of those top scores in the overall cluster is just ridiculous. I'm like, that's next to impossible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're they're hacking it or something. Yeah, I'm curious to kind of look at videos on YouTube or something of people with the high scores or something, because i got to see how what people are doing. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, Nano Soul Neo. So if you don't have that, that's definitely one of the, the eShop downloads I would highly recommend. Um, and so check that out and try and compete with us. See if you can beat our scores. Um, another downloadable title that is out on the eShop is Chasing Aurora. And Steve, you said you've been playing that? Yeah, I can't remember. Did, did we talk about this last podcast or not? 
Um, I want to say we briefly did. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I think I, as of last time, um, I had only played the single player, which, um, right, so yeah. to really catch people up, because it's probably one of those games that not a lot of people know about, um, got a review copy, been hearing from developers and stuff like that since early on um, and stuff. In fact, they wanted to send us uh, copies early on that we just didn't have a system or especially a developer system to actually play it on. Um, but it's one of those games that I think it was really built for multiplayer. But the single player itself um, is kind of like a, a race sort of thing. So it's, you're, you're controlling a bird and you're flying around these obstacles. Um, it's it's kind of like a... It's kind of hard to explain. It's it, You're at a side sideways angle so it's like a you know side scroller but you're able to move up and down left and right in this whole you know in this entire plane so you're flying around um through this thing and you have you know your time you're on a time and everything and you try to get as many laps as you can in the time and that equals points and stuff so um that's a single player option it gets very challenging as you go up it's really hard to be you know you have to time everything correctly in, in order to keep advancing and and stuff. Multiplayer, I got a uh, chance to do uh, just the two-player. Um, you can do up to five players, uh, but I just got a chance to, to run through all the multiplayer modes for, with two players. And I will say, at least playing two players, um, all of the multiplayer modes, except for one, were kind of boring and kind of like blah. Um, I imagine it's probably a lot more fun when you do have more. What you do have all five players going because it might be just a little more chaotic and and crazy and everything. The only uh, so you have like hide and seek and um, some other games. But basically, it involves. Uh, it's a lot like the Mario Chase and and stuff like that and in Nintendo Land, just in a different, you know, look and feel and everything. Um, same idea. The one that's really fun is actually kind of a, like a chase, I think is what they call. So you try to hold on to this um, this item as you're flying around, but the other players can come and steal it from you as soon as they run past you, and so you're like chasing each other around the whole thing until, you know, to make sure you, you have you have it when the time is out, um, which is, that was probably the most fun of, of all of them. Um, so I'm just going to wait until I get to the chance to play five players to kind of get a full you know, understanding of the, how the whole game goes and I'll write up my review. But so far, it's kind of like, I think if you have a party environment, should be pretty fun. But I haven't personally, I personally haven't got to experience it yet. Okay. Cool, yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, but I guess you got to have the, uh, the local multiplayer to, to be able to do, um, I guess, the main fun stuff. Um so that is uh, Chasing Aurora. Um, another eShop download title that is out is Little Inferno. And Greg, you said you've been playing that? Yeah, I uh, was contemplating asking for a review code that I went ahead and asked for, and then I'd never heard back. And then Jeremy decided to contact them asking for a code. So I let him, he says, okay, you can try to ask them. And of course, they came right back and said, oh, here's the code. And then I was like, oh, well, how is it? Because I was looking at getting it. And then he was like, oh, it's actually a lot of fun. And then he kind of explained it to me, like what the game was kind of like. Um, it's actually kind of like a little puzzle game. Like you don't really know exactly like what you're trying to do at first. And then the game does a good job of explaining everything. But basically 
you kind of stare at the fireplace kind of scenery thing, and then you can use a catalog to buy all these most ridiculous, crazy things you've ever heard of. And then, like, basically then use, like, the stylus, and then wherever you touch on the screen creates a little flame. So then you can ignite all of your stuff just by moving the stylus around, and then pretty much the object of the game is to make these, like, pre-set combos that the game has. So it'll give you a clue saying, like, oh, there's a pirate bike combo. So then you have to, like, oh, then you have to figure out where you're going to find a bike and where the pirate is, and then you have to burn the two together at the same time. But basically, to give you an idea of some of, like, the things that you can buy, there's, like, you can buy, like, corn on the cob, you can buy, like, batteries, you can get, like, a spider egg, and then when that thing explodes, like, all these little spiders come, like, all over the place, and you can burn all the individual ones, or they just go up in flames, depending on how big your flame is. Then there's, like, television set, radios, lamps. I mean, there's, like, a, each catalog page, it's like 20 items on it and then there's seven different pages that you can unlock by playing the game. And pretty much you're just like kind of like trying to figure out the stuff to set on fire and then you're either basing it on the picture or on the little description. You have to figure out which items go together by their vague uh, combo I things. I mean, there's another one that's like a generation combo but then you have to figure out what generation kind of thing they're talking about and look for clues in the descriptions. But pretty much, I mean, some of the descriptions, I wish, wish I had the game open. I can, like, tell you exactly what some of them say, but some of them like, the most ridiculous things you ever read. And <laughs> the, the story as you go along is really interesting because there's, like, a neighbor that has also one of these little infernal fireplaces, and then she keeps sending letters to you, giving you, like, hints about stuff, and then to send particular items back over to her, and then I really wish I could spoil the ending, but that's, it's kind of short after you get to the, towards the end, because pretty much you're just buying every item at least once, and then you only need to have, like, 30-some combos to get to the very end, or even, like, about 40, and then there's, like, 99 total that you have to make that you can go after, but pretty much, like, the ending is really, is a lot different. You're actually don't just see the fireplace, and that's pretty much all I can say, and there's a lot more like that ending kind of less, like, you're really intrigued by what you can do at the very end of the game. Hmm. Cool. How long did it take you to play through all that? Uh, probably only like four or five hours worth or so to get hmm. to be able to unlock the ending. And hmm. the one trailer, if you like on like Nintendo site or on YouTube or whatever, they you actually unlock it within like the second catalog, and so you can watch it whenever you want. But the video mm-hmm. is just freaking hysterical if you kind of watch it. It's like a if it was like a ad promo that you'd see on a television. It was it's kind of like that kind of thing, but it's very funny the way they made it, and it's really ridiculous just watching it and the silly song that they sing, and it it's freaking hysterical just to read some of the stuff that they have on here and what happens when you ignite stuff on fire, some of these things on fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. How much was the game again? It's uh, $15. Oh, okay. So you get 100 and, or you get whatever, like, uh, 150 points or whatever that is, I think, for the deluxe digital promotions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those those are definitely pretty pretty helpful. Those points. Um, cool. Uh, 
So I guess let's shift gears to the 3DS just real quick. Um, Greg, you said we've been playing Crash Mail. How's that? Yep. I'm. I was stuck on like one of the first levels, and then I finally figured it out. It was kind of ridiculous because you can like move the blocks like in front of you and trying to figure out how to keep the blocks on top of it up there. So that was one of the big challenges on that one. But as soon as I passed that one, then I started flying through. Cause it seems like uh, pretty much you get like one thing of challenges, and then it's like introduces a new feature, and then like another. 10 levels is about the manholes from the first game, but with the new crash designs, and there's another level with new features. So it's like the beginning of the level, like the world only has 10 levels this time, not 18 like the original, but pretty much like the first like two or three, you really kind of pick up where it is. And then like by the time you get to the 10th level, it's only like moderately difficult. So I'm guessing after you beat the 100 pre-installed games, it's probably going to unlock another section of... Uh, like murals and stuff that will really amp up the difficulty like the first one did. So I'm having a lot of fun playing it. So I, I really liked the first one a lot. I gave the first one a perfect review. So it's really interesting to see how the game mechanics have changed around for this one. Right. Cool. And then uh, switching gears to a retail title here, Steve, you said you've been playing Scribblenauts Unlimited for the 3DS. How is that going? Yeah, um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time with it yet. Um, I imagine um, over the Christmas holiday and everything, I'll be spending a lot more time with it and travel and everything. Um, but it's good. It's uh, So for the first time ever, you're able to like dive into Maxwell's um, backstory a little bit. And so they've kind of added this story mode to the scribble knots, um, which is kind of interesting because before it was just kind of like, he was throwing into these things, and he has this magic notepad, and you're able to help people, and that's about it. So I guess to catch people up just a little bit, um, Scribblenauts is it's a game that started off with Nintendo DS and it's kind of expanded beyond that now. Um, the same idea that you can call anything into existence with this notepad, so you like write any word, any noun, and now they've added adjectives and everything else, and they can make your own thing. Um, basically, you just write it down, and it comes into existence. And um, and you're able to, what you need to do is there's always, th- these levels are made up of puzzles, and you have to summon certain things in order to do the, you know, to beat the level and solve the puzzle. So, for instance, like a simple, simple one is like, if there's a fire, and you're like, okay, to beat this level, I have to put out the fire. Well, you can, you know, summon a, a water hose or you can summon uh, a rain cloud, or you can be really creative and, you know, summon who knows what. Um, so that's how the basic game is. Um, so this one, they claim it's like 20-plus hours of play and uh, 50 starites and 500 starite shells, um, shards or whatever that you have to collect along the way. So there's tons of different levels and side quests and stuff. But the most interesting thing that I've found so far, um, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't played it a whole lot, but because of the story mode, it's like you, you're not thrown into this open playground where you can just come up with whatever you want like you have in the past games. Um, and you kind of just start right into the actual, you know, puzzles and the levels right off the bat. So um, I'm not sure I kind of, I, I really liked the the old style where, you know, you just had this sandbox and you can play around and that's what I think most people did all the time. They hardly ever played the puzzles. 
Maybe that's right. why they did it this time around. They, you know, forced you into the game because they didn't want you to just play around. They actually wanted you to play these levels that they probably spent tons of time on. Um, they say that after you beat the levels, you can go back and, and play them in kind of a playground sandbox mode. Um, but it isn't a different perspective that they've taken, I guess, with the story. Um, so far, I like it. You could find out that uh, Maxwell has a twin sister, Lily, and um, it, the story won't you know, spoil it for anyone, um, but I would say the story definitely uh, surrounds her, a lot of her and, and a little bit of their, his parents, their parents. So, And how he, you find out how he gets his magical notepad and everything, too. So it's interesting. Hmm. Interesting origin story. So the one of the things is I noticed um, that the the 3D is only present in the cinematic cutscenes um, and not in the actual gameplay. So that was interesting for me. It makes me wonder if that was like a done like on purpose, or if they had to kind of rush to get that version of the game done, or something, or. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I, from what I've heard, it's it's almost the exact same game as the Wii U version. Um, so I'm wondering if it's kind of just a port, one way or the other. Um, the unfortunate thing is that I've heard there's there's no connectivity between it and the Wii U version, which is kind of unfortunate because with a game like that, it seems like it'd be fun to like, you know, trade these things. Oh yeah, forgot one of the other things in um, Scribble Knots Unlimited is you're able to create anything. Um, you're already able to create anything, but in Unlimited, you can really create anything. Like, you can design whatever you want and just, like, add all these things. And, you know, you might have this dragon that has wings, but fairy wings, and it might be green or it might be yellow or whatever and have all these different adjectives and everything attached to it, and you might call that Bob. And every time you summon Bob, that's exactly what shows up which is kind of cool. Um, you can kind of really have those designs. It would be awesome instead of just being able to share it from, you know, 3DS to 3DS, that you could share it from 3DS to Wii U. But I guess they're not ready for that. Mm. We should put ourselves in the game. <laughs> we should. I, didn't, I haven't thought about that. But... <laughs> I'm going to call on Steve to put out this part. <laughs> All right. That's cool. I was going to add something really quick. I thought it was kind of harder to get into like the Scribblenauts series. Like I got the first one and I was really excited for it, but then I found myself using like the same stuff over and over again. So, I mean, I yeah. think that's why I had trouble. Like, I didn't really want to get the second one, and then I didn't go for the 3DS and the Wii U one. So. Yeah, I feel like like I I also tried the first one, and I feel like I. Maybe I just wasn't very creative, or I don't know. Like I just kind of <laughs> was going for like some of the most obvious things, or I I, yeah. I ended up spending most of my time on the title screen, just like summoning random objects, <laughs> yeah. seeing what what came up, rather than actually playing the game. But yeah, I will say like if the further you get into the original one, um, the harder it got. Actually, you had to be creative in later levels. Um, and it got challenging. And actually, I've never, I never beat all the levels on it because there, there are a lot, but it did get a lot more challenging. And I, I never went back to spend the time that I needed with it. Um, these, I haven't played enough to see, but I'm, my guess is a bit challenging as well. Um, and they did away with different. Like I said, there's like side quests along the way, so it's kind of cool. It's not just a simple, 
um, menu structure, you're like going through this world, which is kind of cool. Um, brings a little more life, I guess, to the Scroll Knots franchise. Instead of just, you know, clicking on this level that's like a little box on the screen, and there you go. Um, so. Right. Cool. So those are all the games that we've been uh, playing lately. I know we kind of went over a bunch of different things. Um, so there's lots of different interesting games to kind of try out on, on Wii U and, and 3DS as well. So lots of great stuff to maybe play over the holidays or, you know, check out uh, pretty soon. So there's that. So, But we do have a couple of new stories to kind of get through, so let's get right into that. Um, first up, just a fun little story. Um, well, real quick, have have both of you guys seen Wreck-It Ralph? Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I did, yeah. Opening night. Thought. Yeah, so Wreck-It Ralph, if you haven't seen it, like, go see it now. It's probably still in theaters, so go see it before it's out of theaters because you, you have to see this movie. Um, I thought it was really great. Um Lots of cool, you know, cameos and video game references and that kind of thing. But at the same time, that didn't really take away from the movie. And there really, it wasn't, like, loaded with those either. It it kind of was there to, you know, move along the story a little bit and add some fun to it. But the actual story itself and the characters were really interesting. And, and um, it's a good movie on its own, I guess, without all the other video game stuff thrown in there. Um, so Wreck-It Ralph you know, was out, and that was great. And it had, you know, Sonic and Bowser and all these other characters. But the one notable omission from the movie was Mario. Um, and the reason for that, and there were rumors initially about, like, I guess the director had said this and people took it seriously, but he meant it as a joke, was that Nintendo had asked for too, more, too much money for Mario. Um, but in reality, the director said that what happened was he wanted to put Mario in it, but Nintendo wanted... Like, they didn't just want Mario thrown in there for some random little reference. Like, if, you know, Mario's going to be in a movie. He has to be in the movie in, in some sort of meaningful way, I guess. Um, so they've said that because Wreck-It Ralph did so well, they are um, going to be working on a sequel. And um, it's not, like, I guess completely confirmed, but the, uh, they basically said that um, the director said that they're talking about how they could uh, – put in Mario into the into the story. So they're trying to find a way to work him into the story as well. So we should be seeing him in the sequel. So, you know, hopefully uh, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but uh, what did you guys think of, of Wreck-It Ralph? And, yeah. I loved it. It was just one of those movies that I just, I think I was smiling the entire time. It was just so much fun. And, yeah, it was, it was a great story. It was fun. There was tons of awesome references and yeah, I, I, I was really pleased with it. I also was really happy with it. I really liked the whole like twist on how the, the I guess I probably shouldn't even give that spoiler out, but I mean, it was just kind of cool how all the games connected and everything like that. And I just really, really liked all the references and even like they had like the Konami code in there and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a flashback, some really great parts of the earlier uh, video games and like the arcade games and the NES games and I thought that was really cool. Even obviously with Sonic with Sega and Super Nintendo with the uh, Street Fighter and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I just loved how they connected everything all together. 
I would definitely want to go see the sequel, and I'm definitely going to be planning to get the DVD when it comes out. All right, yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they integrate Mario into it. And I guess they sort of kept with the theme where even though all the games they showed weren't necessarily all arcade games, they kind of kept the theme with all the games in the story, at least, are from an arcade. So maybe they could kind of expand that to, like, console games and that sort of thing. So that could be – there's a lot of things that they could really do with it, I think, now that they've, they've had this good starting point. So I'm, I'm curious to see wow, yeah, cause most, what they do. Most of – you know, obviously the vast majority of Mario is – his home console. I mean, he did start off in the, you know, for some part in the in the arcade. So I I thought it was interesting just they would the route with you know fix the Felix and everything is kind of like a uh it's like the opposite of Wrecking Crew, which was Mario's first game. And so oh, yeah. I was like that's interesting. So if they bring in Mario, it would be kind of like a you know. A, competition between him and Fix the Felix because they're kind of like a similar style, you know, it's like I don't know. But obviously Bowser's already in there, so it's, like, it's interesting because I don't know like how they'll work out with all the timing and stuff, you know, new games versus old games and it's just so cool how they, how they did it in the first one, so I can't even imagine you know, what the, what the sequel could be like. Right. Imagine like a scene with uh, like Mario and Master Chief and like um, I don't know Sackboy or like certain like Sony characters. Like imagine like a scene like that, like they had with the villains, but with with all the heroes. Like that would just be just yeah. awesome. Um, that'd be pretty sweet. So Smash Brothers acted out. Um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like the fact that um, all of like pretty much all of the the main characters and the areas they were in were all made up. I thought that was a really good move for them to not completely dive into one game or the other. Like all the the main, you know, characters and like I said, the levels and their levels or the areas and stuff that they were in were all made up, um, and they were just kind of like cameos and references to the actual like you know real games. Um, and I and I hope that they just continue that in this in the sequel because like. Even though I love, would love to see Mario in it, I don't want it to be a Mario movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I think they seem to kind of use the style of Toy Story where, you know, the main characters were sort of made up and they had a lot of cameos of various, you know, actual toys and that kind of thing. And I right. think that, that obviously worked well. Um, and I think this worked well, too. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's interesting. So that is Wreck-It Ralph. If you haven't seen it, go see it now and and or buy it on DVD, Blu-ray, 3D, Blu-ray, whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully the sequel, you know, is coming soon and we'll kind of do something interesting with that. Um, so there's that. And now the next uh, new story, it's, it's, a little, it's a little out there. It's uh, Nintendo third, going third-party confirmed. Like, this is just craziness right now. I don't even know what to think anymore. Like Nintendo releasing games on iOS, like what is going on? The world is really ending. <laughs> like it's just, it's crazy. Okay, not really. Um, no. But uh, yeah, so this actually isn't the first time Nintendo has done this. A lot of people <laughs> kind of thought it is, so they're freaking out like, oh my God, this is actually happening. Um, Nintendo released the, for the Pokemon games, they have the Pokedex, which is like an index of all the Pokemon and all their attacks and stats and everything. Um, 
And so they released a Pokedex application for uh, iOS devices. Um, and uh, what's interesting though is this is from basically the uh, the Pokemon company, which is owned by Nintendo, um, but it's not like directly Nintendo necessarily, although it kind of is. Um, and they've also released, I think, one or two other Pokemon-related apps before. So they're not going to be releasing games on iOS, as Nintendo has always said. Um, but these companion apps, I don't see why not, and it actually could kind of benefit them because, you know, they'll get money for, for the stuff, and it's kind of like advertising for the actual games. Um, and so this is yeah, basically like, uh... the the entire Pokedex. Um, it's got every Pokemon in it, all... I lost track of how many Pokemon there are. I think there's like 500 or something at this point. Um, I lost track. There's like... Um, I don't know. But it's basically... Um, it's $2 for the app, and it comes with the fifth-generation Pokemon from the Unova region, from the black and white games. Um, and then for $6 each, you can buy packs with the data for all the other Pokemon from Kanto, Johto, Sinnoh, and Hoenn, the different regions from the other games. So it's yeah, 647. 647, okay. So, wow, yeah, that's a lot more than I thought. Um, and I've been following the Pokemon games, too, so that shows you just how crazy it is. Um, so if you want to get all the Pokemon, it basically is going to end up costing you $26 um, for the entire Pokedex. And for a comparison, they do have the Pokedex on the 3DS eShop. It's the Pokedex 3D Pro, um, and that is $15 on the eShop. So there's that. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think of, of having you know this app on iOS and the price and and all that stuff? Uh, what are your, your thoughts on that? I think I mean it. it I don't know. I think it's it's a smart move. Um, I think especially because it's. I mean it's uh, a reference, so it's not really like a game. It's like a reference book sort of thing. Um, like huge Pokemon fans love that sort of type of thing, and uh, I think it's just kind of branching out there. It's because it's a, a reference app. It just kind of like can whet people's appetite and see, you know, they can kind of test the waters a little bit and see how people react to it. Um, I know as well. I mean, it's technically you know Nintendo, but it's under the name of the Pokemon Company, and you know more you know closer related to, to Game Freak and stuff like that. So it's it's uh you know not technically under the, the Nintendo name, so they can kind of slide it out there and see how it does. But at the same time, we know that the Nintendo is in the process of developing um, Miiverse applications or Nintendo Network applications and stuff like that for for both Android and and iOS and stuff like that in the future. So it's like you know we kind of know they're going there eventually with apps. Um, I don't necessarily think this is. I don't know. I know some people probably might see it as, oh my gosh, they're going to they're going to actually put start putting games on mobile platforms. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think they're just kind of testing the waters with this kind of reference stuff and kind of start cross-platforming at least some information, you know, out there. Um, but I think it's I think it's cool. Um, I won't get it because I'm not that big of a um, Pokemon fan. Because um, I already got the the one for 3ds, and I, I didn't get the new one, but I got the old one that was free. Um, I didn't really 
even open that except for just to get my free daily Pokemon. Um, so it's not really my thing, but I think there's a lot of people out there that really like it. So the reviews are kind of um, not that good. I've seen. I was just kind of glancing through it, and then overall, it seems like it's got an average of uh, three stars out of five. So I don't know. A lot of people say it's hmm. needs to be updated and kind of disappointment and seems too expensive for what it is and stuff. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, kind of the, I was kind of on the same page as Steve there. I mean, it's obviously it's a thing to kind of test the waters and maybe they might have like a, another, they could even be developing another, like a reference kind of thing for another game just to say that they have something out there on Android. I mean, so many people have like, Apple and Android phones, I mean, it'd be really easy just to pull it up on your device if you need a reference anything while you're playing a game on the Nintendo device. So in that sense, it kind of would work together with that because those are the two most popular phones and tablets, is either Android or Apple. I mean, I know Windows is trying to make a come out there, but we'll see if that develops into anything. But in terms of the app itself, it just seems... I mean, it's obviously something that's not... I would buy either. I'm not a Pokemon fan. I've actually never even played a single game. I only had downloaded the free version of the app to get the 10 Club Nintendo coins. So I wanted to yank those. And I did try to look at it, but it didn't seem like it really did anything. I didn't even see like, any Pokemon in there. It didn't seem like any came in on a day-to-day basis unless I was supposed to log in every day, which I didn't... But didn't seem like it did a whole lot, and I don't see any major harm. I mean, it being in the app in the app store, so. Right. Yeah, I think um, it's probably a sign of, of other types of similar apps or something to come, and uh, should be interesting to to see what they do with that. Um, I do think it is it is rather expensive. Um, I. I get that it's more expensive than the 3ds version because I'm sure they want people to buy stuff on their own platforms rather than, you know, on different platforms. Um, but I do think they could have cut down the price, definitely. Um, so I haven't gotten this one, but I did get the 3DS one before I even knew they were going to do an iOS one. But regardless, I wanted it on 3DS because it'd be in 3D. And um, so it's basically, I, I just, I wanted it because I really like a lot of the designs of some of the Pokemon and sort of this has all their official 3D models, basically, of all the Pokemon and short little animations and that kind of thing. Um, and it has, I don't know if the iOS one does or not. I haven't really looked at it, but on the 3DS especially, it has the, they're, they're not like QR codes, but they're little, they're similar, and you can basically scan them and use the AR functionality and look at all the Pokemon that way and that kind of thing. Um, so that's always pretty neat. Um, but the 3D models look pretty sweet, and I'm a fan of that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I got that. So I, I like that that app on the on the 3ds eShop. Um, so it's kind of useful to uh, to have, but um, it's nice to have different options for different ways to get it. So that is the Pokedex on iOS platform. So if that interests you and you have an iOS device, go for it. Or if you have a 3ds, you can get that on the eShop as well. Um, it's cheaper and it's 3D. Um, so there's that. So next up, we kind of mentioned this in the last podcast, and we're all getting ready for this, getting excited. 
Um, turns out there really wasn't much to get excited for, but uh, the Nintendo Direct happened. And um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, well, there really wasn't much that was said, so I guess <laughs> not really much to, to even remember. Um, so I'll just kind of go over briefly some of the release dates and stuff. Uh, Greg kind of compiled this on the forum, so I'm just going to read off his his post. So thank you, Greg, for for doing that. Um, so there's a little summary of, of the release dates there. And then I'll kind of mention a couple of stuff in the Japanese one that may not be in, in the North American one that we had. Um, so Lego City Undercover is coming in the first part of 2013. Pikmin 3 has been pushed back to Q2 of 2013. Game and Wario is early 2013. We Fit You is uh, first part of 2013. Um, they talked about some Ninja Gaiden 3 DLC. Um, there's a Panorama View on the eShop as a download. Um, We'd seen that a while ago, sort of mentioned and and things, but now we finally got word that it's going to be coming to the eShop on spring 2013. And I believe they said there's going to be a free demo, but then there's a paid version that's going to be coming, which is interesting. I didn't think they'd be charging for that, but there'll be a paid version coming of that. And Google Maps as well coming in Q1 of 2013, and I think you'll have to buy that one as well. Um, so that's the Wii U stuff. On 3DS, we had uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, spring 2013. Brain Age Concentration Training, which was supposed to come out this month, but got delayed to February 10th. Fire Emblem Awakening on February 4th. Uh, there's some new DLC for New Super Mario Bros. 2 on 3DS. Uh, Tokyo Crash Mobs was announced for the eShop, as well as uh, Harmonite is being localized for the eShop, and that's from uh, Game Freak, the, the Pokemon developers there. Um, so a bunch of release dates, except they're not really release dates. They're just generic time frames. Um, so that was rather disappointing. Um, I mean, we got one or two release dates with 3DS stuff, but really, um, yeah, not much stuff there. Just real quick, just some Japanese stuff, and then we'll kind of discuss it a little bit. Um, for Japan, they kind of discussed a bit more in Game & Wario, has 16 mini games. They're all playable only on the Wii U gamepad by up to five players. So I guess you'll probably take turns using the gamepad or something. Um, that's coming out early 2013 in Japan. Pikmin 3 is coming out spring 2013 in Japan, which Q2 for us. So it's basically the same thing there. Um, they talked about more on Dragon Quest 10 for Wii U in Japan, uh, and you can it'll have saves via the cloud. Um, so there's that, and yeah, I don't know. There's not too much more. There was a Lego Iwata, so that was kind of interesting to see. Um, and they continued with their their fruit joke that they have, which I don't know what that's about, but uh, they kind of continued with that. Um, so yeah, that was sort of that's it. Nothing really else that that kind of stood out. Um, I don't know what I you guys thought from that. Sorry, I thought the fruit thing had to do with Game and Wario. I think it was. I thought it was one of those games in it or something like that. Oh, maybe. I, I didn't watch the Japanese one, so maybe that's kind of what it was. I think it has some sort of connection to Game and Wario. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might be wrong, but I thought it had some connection. But I guess it, it didn't have any connection to that Yoshi's Land thing that everybody was excited about. I guess that yeah. turned out to be nothing. <laughs> Uh, it's nothing at this point. <laughs> right. I guess there's one other thing I wanted to add. Like the European one also had release dates for uh, Castlevania for 3DS, and also 
I think that's where we also got that Rayman uh, Legends release date, too. I think both of those were covered in the European one for some reason, but and I think then that's why they were kind of pressed, like, oh, here's the American release date, just kind of out of the loop. So I think, like, Castlevania is also coming in March in America, and I think that's, I think we get, like, the Rayman Legends, like, a week before the Europeans do or something like that, so... I thought that was kind of interesting that they shared that information for that one, but they didn't have that one for ours. Right. Yeah. I uh, I actually kind of shocked at least um, that they keep pushing Castlevania back. Like, like because um, at E3 I talked with the developers and everything, and it seemed like they were pretty close to being done. I mean, I I like I said before, it's good, I think, when a game gets delayed overall because they're, you know, still perfecting it, but I was kind of shocked uh, because it, it really did seem like it was close um, at E3, but I guess not. So, um, I guess I was kind of a little bit uh, surprised by something like Google Maps. I mean, it's cool, I guess, like the street view and everything, but I probably won't be buying it I hope they do some sort of demo because it'd be fun to play around with, but I don't see myself purchasing it and using it over and over and over again. It's one of those things that I think it'd be fun to kind of like play around with, like, oh, this is really cool, and then i put it down and actually play a game. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed, I guess, that they're charging for stuff like that. Um, Panorama View, um, same thing, like, I was kind of hoping that'd be free, just because it'd be fun to play around with. But I don't, if it's going to cost, I'm probably not going to be end up buying it. Um, all the other it games, like, I, there was nothing really much new. But yeah, yeah, I just want to say it looks like in Japan at least. I don't think they even said anything for North America, so I don't know if it's different or the same or not. But for Japan, for Google Maps, if you download it before March, like it'll be free, and then after that, they'll start to charge for it. So in the first like two months or so, it'll be free. Um, so they didn't really say anything for North America, so I don't know if they'll do the same thing or not. Um, okay. But yeah, because, I mean, I could go on Street View on my computer. I mean, I don't see why they would charge something like that on, for an app on the Wii U. I mean, I know I just saw Google Maps just came out on, like, the Apple devices or whatever I downloaded on my iPod Touch. It was free, so I don't know why for a Wii U version, they would charge just to use Google Maps, especially when you're not going to be bringing your Wii U and your car with you to help you where you're going. Right. So, I mean, imagine I think somebody in the car, like, holding up the gamepad, and, hold on, wait, what, what's on the side here? Like, <laughs> Get another extended uh, cord. <laughs> if Wi-Fi signal needs boosted, um, I guess you could if you had a hotspot and you had it converted over to DC power in your car. You could use it. <laughs> well, that'd be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be fun to actually, you know, use Street View I, I, if it really is that smooth to just use it with the gamepad and kind of look around in a city and stuff like that. That that's that's kind of exciting. But yeah, I don't see myself using it that often. Mm-hmm. Not something I'm gonna go out and buy. I mean, if it's free to download, I'll probably take it free because you never know when you want to play around with it but if it's anything even over a couple of bucks that's no way worth it to me just for an hour or two of entertainment here and there I mean I'd rather 
be playing games or whatever. I've already got the ginormous backlog. As that's why our beginning takes so long because we're all playing all the games. Right. Yeah. I wonder if maybe this is the kind of the the beginning if they do charge for it. I, I hope it's something like ninety nine cents. You know, maybe like throw those throw those cheap ones in there, and maybe kind of help drive the price down to some other you know, apps and games in the future, too, because that'd be nice. Right. That's Google Maps. I don't know. Overall, I think, um, I don't know, I guess this Nintendo Direct kind of felt a little pointless to me because it was sort of like I was ready for release dates because I don't know when stuff's coming, but they really didn't give us much. It was a lot of just, yeah, this stuff's coming. Don't worry. It's coming still. It might be coming a little bit later, but but it's still coming. Don't worry. That's kind of what it felt (laughs) like. Um. Although the one game that I was disappointed was absent, kind of curious as to why, was Animal Crossing New Leaf for 3DS. Because I talked about there's a last Nintendo Direct, and it seems like it's going to be a game coming soon. But now the fact that they didn't even mention it, and they started talking about like Pikmin and Q2 and all that, now I'm getting worried that this game got like massively delayed or something. So who knows? Um, but yeah. That is the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, what are you saying? I was just going to say, I was just really surprised at some, like, the lack of the dates. I mean, I thought with these games, they're all supposed to be out by March 31st. I'm like, oh, finally, we'll get a bunch of dates for Wii U games. Not a single one of the Wii U things that they showed had a date. So it was like a yeah. generic realm, like, oh, Q2. And then like I had it listed. It was like they said early part of 2013. And then it says it's like spring. So it's like, well... What exactly is going on here? Is it early part like January or is it like March or what? I mean, yeah, like what's the difference between Q1 and early and first part of? Like there were like three different like like aren't they all the same thing or? <laughs> I don't know. I made sure to I rewatched them. That everything that they said is what I wrote down. So I was just really right. surprised that that everything was just completely different. So it was. It's so surprising that the way they did that. I'm surprised. Like, why couldn't they at least say like, "Oh, March," or, or at least say one date like Q1. So then it's like either January, February, March, and instead it was these vague uh, early part, later part. I mean, right. Well, I guess uh, we'll just have to wait and see. 2013 is almost here, and so hopefully that early part or whatever first part of or <laughs> any of that will be soon, and they'll actually have to give us release dates, hopefully. Um, so I guess we'll just have to uh, to wait and see. But as uh, 2012 comes to a close, I wanted to kind of conclude with taking a look back at some of the, our thoughts and some of our best gaming moments of the year. Um, just different thoughts on, like, some of our favorite moments, favorite times playing some games, or things that were memorable about this year for gaming uh, for Nintendo platforms. And um, and then in the next episode, in the new year, we'll kind of focus on sort of our best of and, and focus on specific games. Um, but I just kind of want to take a little quick look back um, at 2012. So I'll kind of start things off. And um, for me, this year, I think it started off well and it ended well, but the middle of the year was kind of underwhelming. There really wasn't that much. I guess there was just a lot of anticipation. Like, in the beginning of the year, it wasn't bad. Like, there's some 3DS content. Um, like, there was, a, um, like, Resident Evil, and, uh, you know, I was enjoying, like, the Circle Pad and 
pickle pad throw and all that. Um, so it's kind of interesting. There's Kid Icarus, and um, so the beginning of the year started off kind of kind of cool um, for 3DS. And then things kind of winded down, and then E3 came around. It was all like, yeah, Wii U, I'm excited. And then I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and mm-hmm. uh, really didn't play Wii much at all. Like, there were literally, like, periods of weeks or months where I kind of didn't touch it much. Um, and then Wii U came, and things have been awesome the past few weeks. Um, but I guess uh, a couple things that sort of stuck out, like this year, it's been a lot more focused on, like, solo games for me. Um, things have kind of really changed, especially the past few years, especially when when I was at college, I was kind of playing a lot of multiplayer games and things. So this year, I've tried to focus a lot more, up until recently with Wii U, um, I focused a lot more on, like, single-player games. And so that's been kind of interesting, trying more of that kind of stuff out and uh, seeing how that's been. Um, recently with Wii U, I've kind of gotten my sisters and family kind of interested a little bit in Nintendo land and that kind of stuff too. So that's been kind of cool. Um, but, uh, I don't think that'll last. I'm sure they'll, they'll get bored of it soon because they're not that much in the games anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're really, we use kind of been the, the biggest, of course, the biggest part of for gaming for me for, for 2012, the thing I'm going to remember the most, um, 3DS didn't live, leave that much of an impression with me. I just kind of got disappointed as the year went on because there really wasn't much. And I'm just ready for Animal Crossing at this point now. Who knows when that's coming. Um, and we kind of just fizzled out. Like, uh, trying to think of what I, I even got on Wii this year. Like, I think New Play Control Pikmin 2, I want to say, came out this year, which that was great, but that was originally a GameCube game. Um, and then I think, oh, Mario Party 9 came out. And that was like that was probably like the, the one Wii game that I was excited about for this year, and that's also one of my most disappointing Wii games, uh, to be honest, because it's kind of like uh, it really is different than all the other Mario parties. And it kind of I played it a couple times, and then I just really didn't play much because my sister's like nobody wants to play it in the house because um, it's just not as great. Um, so I don't know. I guess I, I say Nintendo kind of went out with a bang with Wii U for me, and they ended the year strong. Um, and hopefully next year they'll kind of keep that steady throughout the year. Although these vague release dates have gotten me kind of worried, but um, that's kind of been my experience with with, uh, with 2012. Uh, what about you, Steve? Yeah, um, I think it's kind of been just a. Uh, I don't know. It, it de- I think it got better, definitely, in the end. Um, I wasn't really that excited about a lot of games in the beginning of the year. I think um, mainly because it was, like, it was near the end, you know, of the of the Wii cycle. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of extremely exciting things going on for 3DS. Um, and it just kind of got better as it as it went on. I think this fall has been a lot more exciting than the first half of the year, in my opinion. Um, I think you know the Wii launch has been cool. I think it's gonna it's gonna get better as soon as you know we get the TV um, and some other stuff that is gonna be oh, yeah. finally um, you know hopefully the only like, a couple weeks left um, <laughs> unless they delay it again, and so. You know, hopefully that's going to help, I think, um, and to really kind of solidifying this as a, as a strong launch. Um, but I think that's probably my biggest highlight is, is this, the Wii U launch because of a lot of games and stuff that I've been waiting for for a while. Um, 
I was thinking, you know, back to yeah, what even 3DS games came out this this year that I was really excited about, and I can't think of really that many, um, mm-hmm. like like the Wii games. Like I I know there were some top games that a lot of people were excited about. I think like Xenoblade. Um, a lot of people were extremely excited about that. Um, I know like uh, Greg, you you were playing Lana Lana and stuff. And I think there's a lot of games that people kind of overlooked and everything. But overall, it was like kind of a meh year um, for me until the Wii U launch. Yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah, I can't. I'm struggling to actually think of any 3DS game that I was really excited about this year. And I can't think of any. Oh, New Super Mario Brothers 2. That was a good game. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there really wasn't much. Um, what about you, Craig? I mean, I think like the summertime has always been like cr- criticized as like there's like almost like not really any major releases. So it seems like it always is, goes really starts off really high and then it like kind of plateaus and then it sinks and then it comes back up at the end of the year. So at the beginning of the year, I was still Skyward Sword was fresh at, from the beginning of uh, at the end of last year. So I was playing. It took me all the way through July to actually beat it. It was nice to be able to take my time and not have to worry about other Wii games coming out because there pretty much was not a lot of stuff outside of Mario Party 9 and Xenoblade, like you guys were saying. So I actually didn't get a chance to get Xenoblade yet, and I'm still hoping to get it before it's too late. But that would be on one of my highlights to get it, but I don't know about that. But the 3DS, I was really excited for Kid Icarus Uprising that came out in March. That's been a lot of fun. I've actually played a lot of online multiplayer, and I think in terms of my experiences, it seems like I've been playing a lot more online multiplayer for games that I normally haven't really been, because for Wii, I didn't use the Mario Kart Wii that much, and I didn't really do a lot of brawl either, and I was kind of like just all solo 100%. And then now that I have like Mario Kart 7, I've been playing that online a lot more, and I think it really helps to play with people in the forums. We've done that throughout the year. We've had some really good matches, especially with the tournament with the new people and everything coming to the forums. I think that was a great experience for me to play some new people and kind of rejuvenate that game a little bit. Even the same thing with Kid Icarus Uprising. I plugged it in the other day and played some online multiplayer there. I mean, I don't normally go back to the games for that, but I just had such a blast playing those games, and it's hard to even put them down to the side. And then pretty much the summer drought came along, and I had Mario Tennis open. I didn't really think anything special of that one. And then it was New Super Mario Brothers 2, and then it seems like that's where came right back up because that game was a lot of fun even though it was kind of short in my opinion but the DLC kind of made it a little bit more fun and I've been playing that a little bit more recently now too and now with uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star that kind of helped to keep it going so I'm still playing the 3DS I'm trying to balance that with the Wii launch and that obviously was a Super highlight of the year. I've been excited for that since they announced it last year. So, (laughs) 
I've been really fortunate to be able to have it on day one, and I've been trying to play when I can here and there, but obviously I only can play it as much as time allows, and along with the battery life of the two. So, yeah, I guess um, that's it for, for 2012. That's uh, kind of the uh, what our thoughts were on, on this year. And I know now that, you know, 3DS has been out, but now that we use out, there's no new hardware stuff coming next year. Now it's all about the games. I'm sure the other companies have got hardware, but that's only going to mean that Nintendo has to focus even harder on getting better games out there to kind of take away the attention from new consoles from other companies. So hopefully 2013 can be the year of the games, you know. Like, that's that's what I'm excited about. Now the consoles are here. Now let's get some good stuff, you know. Let's let's hear about another Mario Kart. Let's hear about a new 3D Mario or, you know, or maybe even get a glimpse at, you know, a trailer for Smash Bros. or something. Like, let's, let's get to the good stuff now. Um, so hopefully 2013 will deliver on that. Um, so that's about it for uh, for this episode. Um we are always having different contests and competitions and things going on on Nintendo Fuse as well. Um, so I just wanted to mention briefly the uh, we had a Nintendo Land uh, competition for Donkey Kong's Crash Course, and uh, the uh, we have a winner for that. So Greg, did you want to uh, announce the winner? Yeah, it was uh, Noah DP. He's been on the forum since the Ambassador Contest last year, and he took the first place between the three players with like 16-some thousand points. Uh, the guy that I wish I knew I pronounced his forum name, that, that M-N-O-S-Y or something like that, he kind of posted how to get more points to try and get more people to play, but I guess it was just him and the Batman Gordon and Noah that had played, and Noah got first place with like 16-some thousand points, so then I gotten a hold of t-shirts.com and already got his shirt in the mail so he should be getting it hopefully before Christmas and as I put in my post I'll be able to rock out with it on Christmas Day hopefully cool so um, yeah so I'm sure we'll have more contests and competitions coming soon as well Um, and uh, we're always competing for you know just having fun playing online and competing for high scores and Nano Assault Neo as well which I'm sure uh, I know Greg and Steve, I'm sure, are ready to, to beat me now in, in Epsilon. So we'll see how long that lasts. Like in Mario Kart 7, for example, for a while, um, we were playing, and, and, you know, that was kind of a good competition. And then, like, a bunch of other people kind of joined in the community, and there were some really good players, and they kind of uh, eclipsed uh, at least my score. I, I stopped keeping track after a while because there were just so many other uh, – people joining in. So that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, so definitely check out the uh, Nintendo Fuse forums um, and join as well and post your Nintendo Network ID um, so we can we can add you and kind of play along. Um, so with that being said, uh, we normally have a podcast every other Tuesday um, because the holidays and everything are coming up. Uh, we're kind of going to take a break for a little bit and uh, we will resume. Our next episode will be on January 15th, so in about a month. Um, five days before my birthday. Um, so that's January 15th will be our next episode. So until then, I hope you guys all um, enjoy the holidays, have happy holidays, have a, a Merry Christmas and good Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and everything else that everyone's celebrating. Um, ha- happy holidays and have a happy new year because next year we'll be back in 2013. So 
see you guys later. Check out NintendoFuse.com. Keep in touch and have a have a good holiday. See you guys. See ya. See ya.